0: The weekly rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a rune cast that I've done for years focused on the runic calendar and the current half month rune. You can find the archive of all of the rune casts on my site, soulintentarts.com. And if you're not sure what a half month is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the weekly rune at Soul Intent Arts. It's explained at the beginning of every rune cast. I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and this podcast possible with their financial support. If you'd like to support the weekly rune, you get access to the full RuneCast, no ads, more details on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune in your personal work, and a Galder recording for how to work with the weekly RuneCast through chanting. You can contribute as little or as much as you'd like and the rewards scale according to what you'd like to receive. And if you don't want any rewards, you just want to show your support, you're welcome to do that. Go to patreon.com and search for the Weekly Rune. You can also subscribe to the free version of the Weekly Rune by going to soulintentarts.com. And thank you so much for doing that. It's been a minute since I did a QA and a on What in the Weird, and honestly, it's time. I haven't had a convenient place to wedge questions into the topics that have been coming up in the RuneCasts, and I do get questions all the time. Thank you so much, everybody. And I have a couple of questions that are really on topic for what's happening in the Runic Calendar right now, and that is this build up to solstices solstices. How do you say that? I don't even know. So we're coming up on the summer solstice in the north and the winter solstice in the south. And I swear it feels like we just did that. Didn't we just do this, right? Time flies. So these sabbats mark really poignant times to make sure that we have our shit in order. And in the south, Um, approaching winter solstice, they're working with Yara, which is about the annual review, assessing the harvest. And in the north, we're moving into Dagaz for solstice, which is really about gaining uber clarity on what brings meaning to our day, like instilling in this, you know, while we've got all this bright light to instill daily habits that carry us well through the next sun cycle. So that brings me to the first question, I get this a lot, which is, why does the runic calendar invert the order of Othala and Dagaz? Meaning, the runic calendar switches the order of Dagaz and Othala, where Othala is usually the last rune in the elder Futhark traditional ordering. For the runic calendar, Degas becomes the final rune in the ordering. And because the calendar that we work with most now, the runic calendar, and the one that I work with, was set by the research of Nigel Pennick, partly based on the work of Freya Oswin, Pennick is the resource on why that inversion is. So I'm going to read what Pennick, who is a really, really sweet man, by the way, what he has to say about this inversion. And this is from his book, uh, Runic Astrology, Starcraft and Timekeeping in the Northern Tradition. It's out of print, I hate to say that. I don't know why in the world somebody hasn't picked that contract up because it is an excellent book. And it's the basis of my book, Runic Book of Days. About this inversion of Dagaz and Othala, this is what Pennick has to say. Just like the Roman alphabet, which begins A, B, C, D, etc., the order of the Elder Futhark is fixed. Because of the meanings and correspondences of the Elder Futhark runes, this order gives it a precise sequentiality related to the time cycle. The whole rune row forms an overall coherent sequence. To alter the order would be to disrupt and render the pattern meaningless, The only exception to this fixed rune order can be found in the final two runes, Odal and Dag. Sometimes these two are reversed, Daga's coming before Odal, such as in one of the earliest known complete futharks from a stone on the island of Gotland, Sweden, dated around the year 425 CE. However, there are good reasons why the rune row should end with Odal and Dag in that order. It is related to the runic cycles of the day and the year. Dag has the meaning of day. More specifically, this refers to high noon, midday, the high point of the sun. As the high point of the solar year, the time when the law of the unity of opposites brings the beginning of the decline of the solar power, dag is the most appropriate rune to mark this time period. Well, there you go. That's clear, right? (laughs) And truly, it is a judgment call that he made based on literally ass loads of research and study of different time cycles, not just solar time cycles. So I would dig into some of his previous works also. I think that's the place where he most specifically says why that version appears that way in the calendar. But it's also addressed in a lot of his books on the runes, different rune sets, even. The next question is another one that comes up a lot, and that is what is death walking? What is death work? I teach courses, standalone courses on death work, one of which I'm developing as a self paced study. But I also teach death walking in the context of the soul tending training intensive that I teach, the spirited path. And I think that death walking is. One of the key missing links in a healthy culture, the emphasis on soul retrieval, death work, shadow work, ancestral healing. I think those are the big four. And death work is the one that has been my lifelong forte. Big, long story there. Ask me about it. So what does it mean? Death work means actively doing the rituals and ceremonies required To create a healthy consciousness in life so that we die well. To be able to identify when a being hasn't died well. To draw upon the resources available to release those who have not died well. That is death walking. That process of drawing on the resources. That is what I teach. To have the opportunity to release stressful life dynamics at or beyond the point of death, to close the chakras at the point of death, and to have a choice in what happens next, whether you're going to be an ancestor, you're going to return to formed life, you're going to remain in the spiritual strata, all these options. Each of these things are parts of death work that I feel are critical, not just To ensure that beings move on well as individuals and have the options that they need to have. But it is critical to our culture for all of us to have this opportunity for our culture, our society, our planet to stay healthy and well. That's what death work is. That's what death walking is. But I think the real question is, why don't we have it? Why do, why do we not know what it is? And why aren't we doing it? And the answer to that is enormous, as you can imagine. Um, my extremely nerfed response to that is, animistic communities traditionally and historically did their death work. They had rituals in place for death walking. When animism became demonized by the church and the land the animistic people lived on became valuable to the church, well, and to the government, you know, they're often the same entity, those folks were removed from their land, which means they were stripped sometimes of ancient nature-spirit relationships that probably would have facilitated some of their death work. They were separated from sacred burial grounds and physical access to those energies. And eventually, even the spiritual death practices themselves were conscripted into the church and stripped down until the edicts reflected that if you weren't of a high standing in the church, you weren't fit to do death rites anymore. The short answer to why we don't do our death work is oppression colonization and the church and what does life look like without death work it looks like rampant and systemic soul loss again yes obviously the individual patterns that get repeated in family lines in in communities but it looks like enormous rampant and systemic soul loss which is pretty much I think part of what's happening in our culture now so what does death walking have to do with the solstice you ask what does it have to do with winter solstice so in the south right now you're being asked to deeply assess how you're going to stay here literally and figuratively how what are you going to do how are you going to sustain through the seasonal darkness and through all of the things that it dredges up internally and externally And how are you even going to sustain another year? How are you going to keep yourself well on this planet? That's the kind of thing that winter solstice brings up. That's what Yara brings up. And part of the answer to that needs to be that you're going to do your death work. You're going to let the things in your life that need to be dead be dead. You're going to escort them out because they will not find their way out on their own. And then you're going to do the ancestral tending that death walking requires. Because at the end of the day, that process is what we're all here to do. We're all here to become fit elders so that upon death, we can become fit ancestors. And this week in the North, I can't even say in the North anymore without thinking of Game of Thrones. It's completely changed my perspective on that phrase. So this week in the North... We move into the half-month of Othala, which is the rune of the ancestors. And that rune urges us to have good relationships with them. It's it's not passive. They're, they're, they're not going to heal themselves. And so Othala demands that we be in good, direct relationship. That means tending ongoing interaction with our ancestors in a healthy way so that the work they do on their end of things, which can only be done by them, their work becomes manifest through us, which is our job. That's what we're here to do is be supported by them so that we can do the work that only we can do on our end. And you can't do successful ancestor work without also doing first or simultaneously doing beneficial death work. They're not the same practice, but they are deeply intertwined. And this is the kind of focus and depth that both solstices bring. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights about working the runes in season or you just need a cheerleader, feel free to email me at kelly at com, Or you can call in through the Anchor app, which is how I record What in the Weird, and you can download Anchor on Android or iPhone. Also, check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all those other platforms for podcasts. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies, Brandis Schnabel and Janet Roper, which is also on Anchor. And other podcasts you may enjoy are Around Grandfather Fire, hosted by James Stovall and Sarenth Odinson, and Why Shamanism Now, hosted by Christina Pratt. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting soulintentarts.com and I'm most active on social media at Instagram at kelly soul arts. I'm Kelly and this has been What in the Weird.